welcome everybody back to the Resilient Kids podcast. I'm here today with Te Kahukura, who is here to talk with us about the big thing to do with money. And of course, that is a big part of family life. So welcome, uh, kia ora, and would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Uh, my name is Tikahukura Boynton and I founded a business called Māori Millionaire in my second year of uni um, and it's on a mission to empower Māori to become financially independent so I produce content to simplify uh, finances for for whānau to reduce the disparities in outcomes. I'm on here today to talk a little bit about parenting when it comes to money so I think um, whilst I don't have my own children I can remember a lot from my own childhood it wasn't that long ago so happy to share some of those learnings with you all today. That's really lovely thank you. Hey what do you think that parent you know when you remember your own childhood what do you think the things that you would have liked to have known about perhaps or the things that you wish parents would have been able to share with you? Mm. I think that I learned a lot in, in my childhood with finances and I think that is actually um quite rare compared to other children. So some of the things that my mum did that kind of helped me to know a bit more than the average child about money was bringing me to all of her appointments and things with her. So as opposed to being like a different person in the household, you know, children are, are down here and adults run the show Mm. um she brought me along and so when she was doing her budgeting on her laptop once a month I sat next to her and and we did it together and when we called companies to try and negotiate a price for our power or our wi-fi I was sitting there with her and so um I wasn't like you know excluded from the big kid tasks of the house and so I think that allowed me to see the reality of what money really is and what kind of responsibility it is to manage it. Mm. And so you really learned as you were growing up that there was a whole thing called money and it needed Mm. to be managed which so many kids don't get a chance to see right? Yes yes I think it's something kids often just kind of put you know, we're put to the side and, and kids kids to be kids, I think that's an awesome thing and I think it's important and not to disregard that kids should be kids. But I think that we shouldn't underestimate how intelligent kids can be because a lot of kids actually come up with really awesome ideas when it comes to saving money. Their brains work in a different way and so they have those creative ideas like, hey, instead of doing this, why don't we do this to save money, mum? And, and those are the conversations I was having as a young girl. Nice. So what do you think you're seeing now with um, some of the concerns or worries that parents might be facing, especially in our current economy? Mm, I think at the moment money is quite tight for a lot of families and so there isn't that extra wiggle room but I think in that lies an opportunity for us to be able to be solutions based and so if as a family you know we're struggling with money each week to make ends meet why don't we collectively start mowing lawns in our neighbourhood or something you know why can't we create solutions that involve everyone to be able to all kind of work through these differences so I think if we look kind of collectively at solutions when it comes to those issues whether it's you know not having enough money to make ends meet and kids are able to see that and see how the adults around them are solutions focused that really role models to a child that there's no point in accepting the status quo we can do better we can do more Um, and I think that's a really empowering position for young children to be in and I think it's something that will really benefit them in the long term. 
Mm. I can remember when we had a period of time that things were pretty tight and um, the kids developed a little business called Gritch Cards, which meant that they made cards and sold them with envelopes, but they all had sand on them. And so they made sand pictures and stuff like that. And, and yeah, so it was really kind of cool. And then it became their pocket money. Wow, that's cool. So that's the idea of being able to recognise that even if you haven't got income coming in, you can help your children to think about how else to create that good income. Yes, definitely. So what other things do you think would be helpful for parents to be thinking about in terms of the managing the current situation that we're in? Mm. I think that some families, if they are in a position to be giving pocket money to children, I know some families are doing that at the moment. I think there's an important conversation to be having about giving kids money for no real purpose. And that's one thing that I see a lot of parents doing. And what I think about that is that when you grow up, people aren't paying you to do nothing. We don't get paid to do nothing. And so when we're giving kids money, for nothing, for doing nothing, um, we're teaching them that there isn't really an exchange of value, which is a false reality. And that will leave a lot of kids surprised when they leave home. One thing that my mum did during, you know, even if we didn't have lots of money, was she gave me money, but it came with a responsibility. So um, my money meant that I had to buy my bus ticket. And so whilst doing that, I knew that it was $1.43 to school and then $1.43 back. And so I thought I could save $20 a week by walking to and from school. And so that was an expense she would normally have to cover anyways, but that was a decision that I was able to think, hey, if I want pocket money, I can make a sacrifice and I can achieve that. And I think that's better than just getting $20 and deciding what to do with it. I think that's kind of meaningless for a child. It's teaching them, yeah, that that's not how the world works. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think are the basic things that parents need to support their children to know around money and money management? Mm. I think prioritization is a really important one. And I think that comes from role modeling as parents. So if we're showing our children that, you know, we're buying coffee and then we're complaining that, you know, we can't afford necessities, then we're showing them that we can live nice lives while still having financial struggles, which is not what we we should be role modeling to them that for the meantime, we can make sacrifices to make um, ends meet. But that's because these key things are important, having a roof over our head, having kite and all of those things. So I think that's a really good model to kind of role model to our children. And yeah, one example for that was Especially as I grew up, if we didn't have money and I had asked for something like an extracurricular with my mum, maybe it was one time it was French lessons and she she didn't have any money for French lessons, but she Mm -hmm. knew a French lady at her work. And so I taught her te reo Māori and in exchange for that, she taught me French. And so that's that's (laughs) a key example there. Um, So... That's one thing I would really encourage a lot of parents to kind of role model is that prioritisation. Yeah, and actually what you're also identifying is that we've got talents that some people want and that we may not even see that as a particular skill or talent because it's just our everyday, right? 
Yes, definitely. Looking in to see what can we offer. And I think a lot of whānau, it's especially low income whānau, if you have if you have low income but you have time, then you know that's an asset as well. So using what we have to make make better outcomes. Mm. Now you talked about sitting with your mum as she was doing her budgeting. What ideas have you got around managing your budgets? Mm. Uh, I think one key point there was that we called the companies to be able to negotiate the pay thing. So I think a lot of people don't realise that each time your bills or something increase, if you call them up and you say, hey, I've been quite loyal, I've been with the same company for five years, a lot of the time they'll say, oh, that's fine, we're happy to put it back to your normal rate. And so I was able to watch that and that really showed me that you can, you know, not ex- just accept things. We can always um, find a way to make it better. So I really liked that. But I think the other thing with budgeting is, you know, grocery shopping. That's something that is quite regular that you can bring your children to and teach them the the different ways the supermarket is set up because it's actually, you know, manipulated for children. So, you know, the lollies are at the height of a child. So teach them those things and then they can actually understand that these shops are really designed to to target kids because I think that's a really key part is that kids are quite often like, oh, mummy, I want this and I want this lolly. And if you give in to that, you're teaching your kid that their marketing tactics are 100% spot on. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And where do you go about learning about how a supermarket sets out their store so that you get suckered into buying stuff? I haven't seen any resources, to be honest, um, so far, but that's definitely something I can look at. But I think if we go around the supermarket and we think really specifically as and you just think from a marketing perspective or from a business perspective, you know, why are the lollies like this, but then the, um, you know, the healthier items are a bit higher, probably where, you know, the mums are looking at the thing when they're doing their groceries. And if we think think with a business mindset when we're walking around the supermarket, we'll notice things as we go around. Mm, okay, that's really interesting. What about helping children to understand the value of money? Mm. I think that really comes from a bit of experience as a child to actually work and be able to make some money. So I'm not telling, you know, a five-year-old to go out and get a job, but a few, one thing that um, my mum did was her and her friend, we kind of traded kids for the day and then each of them would pay the other person's kid to do some random things. And so we would like do a whole day's work and, you know, make I can't remember how much money, 20 bucks or something, but it taught us that, you know, to be tired and to be busy for a whole day meant I got this amount of money. And that really taught us that at that time, hard work equals money, which isn't something I believe in now, but it's something that was able to teach me how to make money and understand that value. Mm. And what do you think happens when people don't understand the value of money? What are the risks and the pitfalls? You can come out quite privileged and I think that allows you to not quite empathize with people who don't have money and I think growing up if you're able to not empathize with your peers at school that can you know not be nice for especially for the least fortunate to be able to see that you know if you're making jokes about having money or if you're being quite 
cocky about having money with your peers. I think that's a sad thing for kids to be around. But I think overall it allows you to empathise with your parents also and understand that, you know, they're going out to work hard each day to provide for the family. So to actually look at that and and be grateful um, Mm -hmm. is another thing that I think is important for young kids to understand. So many kids, Mm -hmm. you know, are really ungrateful these days and they they really don't realise how um, hard their parents work to put food on the table for them. Mm-hmm. And that's that whole idea about the impact of giving too much too soon to children, which yeah. um, is a form of neglect, actually, in one way, yes. which is pretty uh, cool. I read about that in a book, and it's called um, Economic Outpatient Care. And it talks about as your children grow up, if you're continually giving them things and you aren't teaching them that value, you're doing more harm than good. And One example is that if you're giving, you know, like an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old, they've moved out of home and you're paying their rent for them, and then that means that they're able to spend all of their money on something else, they're learning that from a young age they can live a a really nice life. And that's not the reality for, like, young people. We should be able to, you know, have a little bit of hardship as young people to be able to actually motivate ourselves to keep going and go, oh, I awesome, I got a pay rise. Now I can, you know, save more or buy a house. But if we're constantly getting what we want, then nothing's going to be exciting to actually work towards. Mm. And so we lose the value of feeling that we have contributed or that we've made yeah. a difference or that we've done it on our own, which we yeah. kind of, we need to, in order to be feeling competent as human beings, sure. I suppose. Yeah. I think some of my peers who got cars from their parents, I know they didn't really value, they don't value their cars as they drive around. They're not as grateful as I was to be driving around this little um, Hyundai gets with like 300,000 Ks on it. I was so like, proud of this little car I got for $1,500 because I had saved for that for months and months. Mm. I looked after it, but people who had just been given a car and then also their next car had to be a really expensive car to be able to be a step up from that. But for me, it was only a $3,000 car and that was a level up for me. (laughs) And so if parents are starting to think about this in a new way, I guess that if you've been doing things one way and then you want to make a change, that might be a bit difficult. For sure. Have you got any thoughts about that? Yes, I think it is really hard, especially if you've been, you know, really spoiling your kids for a long time to kind of hone back on some of those things. And one thing I would really do as a parent would be looking at those statistics and reading yourself and investing in the education yourself to understand the impact you are having on your children because all parents want to do their best for their children. We all know that. And sometimes we don't know the things that aren't actually helping them so if we're able to learn ourselves we'll be able to rethink our behaviors when it comes to our our children yeah nice and I have a resource for that which is how much is too much a book by Jean Elsie Clark and Connie Dawson and a couple of other folk and so I'll put that into the comments so that people can find that out but if you've got any other resources that you think might be helpful oh, that nice. would be cool too in the there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door. I can't remember who it's written by, but I can find out for you. And there's a chapter in there called Economic Outpatient Care. And yeah, I would really recommend reading that. It's it's quite interesting. Right. So what else do you think would be helpful to share? Hmm. 
I think that the power really lies in our parents to be able to educate ourselves, grow ourselves, and if we're able to role model those positive behaviours, our children will really see that. And, you know, our children are with us for 15, 18 years. Um, That's a really long time to create a positive impact for them. So everything we're able to invest in us, our children will reap the rewards in that. So fear not and, and definitely look into what we can do to improve whatever situation we're in at the moment. That sounds really hopeful, I think, is to remind ourselves every day that we're modelling how our children will grow and learn Mm. and that if we think that we're going a little bit haywire, we can make a change and firstly we need to think about what I want to do differently and then make that decision to be able to change as parents. Mm, 100%. So what's your top tip for a kid? I think be courageous I found as a kid that when I wanted to make money my biggest fear was what will the other kids at school think about me doing this and I used to busk the first time I busked I made about $80 and I was only there for about an hour so that's a really good rate I would say And I went a few times, but maybe on my third or fourth time, a kid from my school saw me and laughed at me. And that was the last time I went busking. But, you know, I'm looking at it now. That's a really good hourly rate. (laughs) Yeah, no tax either. (laughs) No, no tax when you're a kid. (laughs) Right. Yeah, $80 an hour for busking. That's pretty good. You must have a lovely voice. I think they thought I was really cute. So... (laughs) So we, we need to um, use Be all resilient. of it. Yeah. Be resilient. And if a kid laughs, you know, just think, you know what, I'm making 80 bucks an hour and that beats a giggle an hour. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. Hey, thank you so much for talking with me today. I that's really nice. appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge and to share the work that you've done if people want to follow that up through going to your website and I know that you have a really useful podcast that has really specific information do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so the Māori Millionaire podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify wherever you stream your podcast every Monday at 4pm we release podcast episodes basically just simplifying all of the financial concepts that we talk about I invest a lot of business owners and I talk about entrepreneurship with my own business, investing, so managing, growing and taking care of our money. So yeah, make sure to tune in every Monday and check out my website too. There's a blog um, there with over 50 blog posts about money as well. And then I'm on all the social media platforms as well. If you're what well, podcasts obviously are your thing if you're listening to this, but <laughs> if you also like social media, then go and check that out. That's so wonderful to hear. And I also want to let our listeners know that you're halfway through your degree and that you're going to continue maybe in a new direction. Yes, I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. That's a pleasure. Thank you very much for being with me. 